I've got the distinct pleasure of being uh, both your guest host today, as well as uh, hopefully share some uh, great content with you on the sales community's Tech Sales Insights. On behalf of Randy Seidel, Tucker, Jesse, and the entire team, I want to welcome you to this live stream. Uh, we're live on several social channels. So uh, again, David Knorr, I'm CEO of an Atlanta-based firm called the Knorr Group. Uh, we do a lot of strategic growth advisory work. I'm fairly active on various social channels. So just add David Knorr and you can obviously use at Sales Community and the hashtag of Sales Kickoff uh, Tech Sales Insights if you so choose. Um, very quickly about my background. Uh, I'm originally from Iran. Uh, I came to the US in 1981 with a suitcase, 100 bucks, didn't know anybody, didn't speak a word of English. Uh, and anytime I share uh, this uh, with folks from Iran, I, I don't know if you've kept up with news, but there's a, a, a real human um, uh, crisis uh, going on. And, and uh, you know, the women of Iran, interestingly enough, and the girls of Iran are fighting with their lives for freedom. And if you haven't heard, if you haven't seen it, they need you and they need all of us to kind of amplify their voices. Uh, they're fighting for real human rights and the things that we're blessed to take for granted where we live, they just can't do. Uh, so for the regime to kill a 22 year old because her hair is showing from her job is just uh, unfathomable. And I hope you'll join us in creating this awareness for uh, for folks that are fighting, like I said, for their basic human rights. Um, uh, my career is three phases. Uh, phase one was technology sales, IBM, Silicon Graphics, business objects. Uh, and, you know, I carried a bag, sales manager, marketing, um, uh, market uh, development, if you will. Uh, and then I went the consulting route and president of a company and uh, spent a number of years at a private equity firm. 20 years ago, I hung my own shingles doing advisory work, doing uh, executive coaching, doing uh, a lot of speaking, moderating. Uh, so I typically speak at 15 to 20 different sales kickoff meetings throughout the year. In terms of the agenda for today, I want to cover three topics. The 10 biggest mistakes, um, challenges that I continue to see leaders make. Some of them are going to be really obvious to you. Otherwise, others you may have not thought of in the same way. Uh, two, I, I really want, I don't want anything from you. What I want for you is to hopefully think and lead your SKO differently. Uh, again, I've been, a rep, I've been a rep. You're so excited about, especially now after this pandemic, getting back together in person and excitement and momentum. And you have to hear this, that relationships go bad with misaligned expectations. So I'm busy. I value my time. If we all invest time and effort to take two, three days to come to a sales kickoff because and I'm expecting this, I, I don't, I don't want to experience this because the gap is where we start to have doubts and I start to take calls from recruiters and that's, that person isn't as sharp. That product isn't as ready. I don't think we're ready. You don't want that doubt to kind of creep in. So I want you to think and lead differently about how do we uh, deliver exceptional experiences for that audience at this sales kickoff, because it's an enormous opportunity. And I think you, you absolutely get that. And then I want to talk beyond, again, a sales kickoff. I want to talk about some other marquee events we're working on for ourselves and with our clients and with customers and, 
And I think that might be useful to you as well. I think it's important to start with and really think about what makes the most sense in person and what we can continue to do virtually. So again, bottom of the page, virtual interactions are most effective. If you're putting on a sales kickoff to simply transfer information, do yourself and do the entire company a whole lot of favors and don't do it because that is pretty effective online. And to drag people and right just to share information, I just I'm not convinced that's a really good use of time. As you come up that list and you ultimately get to energizing interactions, and we're going to talk about motivation versus inspiration in a second, sense of purpose, feedback, solve problems, challenges, career advice, right? So all of those things are best done in person. So don't confuse the two. And I believe at sales kickoffs, you need a combination of this, but ideally it's more to the top, more in the green arena, if you will, versus what's at the bottom. That's number one. Number two, if you look at, and let's, again, I tell most of my clients, you're either going to love my candor or you're going to hate my candor. But if we candidly look at some of the dysfunction, some of the, the obstacles, some of the challenges that are in some organizations, this is, in my opinion, this is a Harvard Business Review survey of 270 corporate leaders. It's political turf wars. It's, this is my sandbox. Respectfully, don't pee my sandbox. And, and it's cultural issues. And so we've got to get beyond these things before we get those sellers together. We got to get, and it's a we challenge and we opportunity, not those SOBs in marketing or those useless people in channels. Or anytime I go into a company, I hear us and them or those guys. What I'm not hearing is we. What I'm not hearing is that we're all rowing with the same velocity and veracity in the same direction. So let's get this, you know, even if it's for those two or three days, set aside so they don't see why we can't think or lead differently, why we, and, and I don't know how many of you on this session have kids, but kids can see that mom and dad are fighting or they're certainly not happy with each other. So can those sellers in the audience. They can see that we're not on the same page. They can see and they hear nuances of, hold on a second, my CRO said one thing, my CMO is on stage saying something else and the product guys are saying yet something else. And so they don't feel, and this is critical, you can't just say it, they need to feel it, a connective tissue, an alignment. We're on the same page. And, and this is assumed often, but not intentionally uh, checked off and committed to, we're going to be on the same page. Here's a key message they're going to hear. Words matter. In 2022 and 2023, words matter. So even the language you use has to be aligned with how we present our product, our market, our ecosystem, our priorities. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. So a really good analogy to think about your sales kickoff, and particularly this the market this next year, is if you've ever played a dynamic sport, soccer, lacrosse, hockey, or your kids play it, I think you would agree with this assertion that 90% of these games are played when you don't have the ball, when you don't have the puck. So the best players on the best teams are always thinking and they're always asking, where should I be? What should I be doing? How do I best prepare to put myself and my team in the best possible position when we do get the opportunity? When we get the ball, when we get the puck, when we get right that that 
we intercept and and we have an opportunity to attack and go score and win is because of series of things that happened in a very dynamic environment. What's important is that you see and you help your teams see this scenario as the market we're faced with. There's very little any of us can do. We're not the Fed about the, the looming you know, potential recession or inflationary pressures or the constant battle to find exceptional talent or access to the capital markets. And there's a lot that's not in your control. Let's not get distracted by things we cannot control. What we can control is our own practice, is our own prep, is our own teamwork, is our crisp passes. I played soccer for a whole bunch of years. You know, my son played lacrosse. If that ball is not in that, in that, in that, you know, stick, it's going to be a hard, hard, you know, it was going to be a difficult chance to move that ball around, right? So think about the fundamentals in a very dynamic environment. How do we best prepare? So when we do get the opportunity, everybody knows economies are cyclical. If it goes down the next 12 to 18 months, it will rebound. So how do we best put ourselves in a position for not only opportunities that are going to come during, but certainly after? And it said most recessions are followed by enormous economic growth opportunities. So really think about what should we be doing? Where should we be? What skills, what knowledge, what behaviors, what tech stack, what processes, what sales enablement, what executive dashboards do we need to put ourselves in the best possible position to succeed when the market does come around? In thinking that, in that way, with that lens, with that aperture, I often ask, and this is a really good mindset to go into your SKO with, which is how will we compete? Are you going to be business as usual where, you know what, we've been successful. And this is particularly prevalent with companies that have been successful. And, and what I, and I don't know if you've seen the same thing or not. I'm seeing a lot of leaders equate COVID growth with forever growth. For whatever reason, uh, often not of their own doing, but just the nature of what happened, right? If I'm locked down and I don't have as many options for entertainment, I have more discretionary spend because I'm not spending it on travel or whatever, I can go buy things. I can go do certain things. That is episodic. That is not going to be forever growth. You keep doing what you've always done and you're going to, at the risk of Randy never inviting me back, I think you're going to be irrelevant. If you compete for the moment, hey, can I show you our mousetrap? Because our cloud-based security thing does, you know, a little bit better than their cloud-based security thing. It's clever, but it feels like more of the same. So you're going to be momentary. Only when you continuously think about how will we continue to compete is the way you remain relevant. And that audience, that sales team, that organization needs to hear from you and your leadership team of how will we compete in the future? How will we be better off? How will our customers, our prospects, our channel partners, our relationship ecosystem will be better off because we're constantly thinking about how will we compete in the future? That's how you remain relevant. So the, the other thing that I'm, that I'm noticing a lack of sense of urgency, right? Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll do that next quarter. We'll do that next. The second half of next year sounds great for that initiative. I, this is one of my favorite cartoons, right? Oh crap! Was that was that today? Was that was that happening today? 
right? You've got to infuse a sense of urgency. Of, and I tell our small team, do not wait to do something next week that you can do this afternoon. So building that, that culture that every minute of every day matters. And, and let's have a sense of urgency. Let's move with a purpose. I got a, I got a fun story. You know, I, I grew up, I'm an Eagle Scout, grew up in scouting. So number one in scouting, they drive into you that, uh, er, you know, early is on time and on time is late. <laughs> number one. Number two, move with purpose. Because you could dally-dally in the way you set up your, you know, tent site or campsite and here comes the the, the, the storm. And you didn't get your tent up, you didn't get your rain fly up, or you can dally dally and miss, you know, the activity. And so, so getting these kids to move with a purpose. And I think a lot of sales organizations could 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 benefit from that. So let's jump into a question. Uh, Mark Fonseca, good to see you, my friend. Mark is here. Um, I uh, why in, in, uh, what are in your opinion, what are the top three challenges CEOs face going into 2023? Uh, Mark, it beyond my opinion, it's conversations, believe it or not, um, supply chain is going to continue to be a challenge for many, not just 23, but a lot of the data that I've seen is well into 24. Uh, so supply chain is one, two talent, talent that is quietly quitting talent that is not engaged talent that, uh, especially since the, most of them are still remote, you, it's very difficult to build that thriving culture remotely. you got to find reasons and not gimmicky ones. And you, I don't believe you're going to be able to force this, but you got to give people a reason to kind of get together. Uh, you got to give them a reason, some of the things I shared earlier, that to build that camaraderie, to build that learning and growth opportunities from each other at varying levels of the organization. So supply chain is still a huge issue. Um, uh, talent, the right mix of talent, and, and I would submit to you, and I, I, I picked this up from a, a, a CEO and a board member that I, that I respect immensely, and I love his comment, the power of deduction. So a lot of leaders are very good at adding. Here's what we did this year. Let's add more to it next year. Here's what we did. Let's add more. Nobody wants to take things off. So in accounting, there's a, there's a very disciplined process called zero-based budgeting. So just because we spent a million on marketing or advertising last year does not mean we're going to spend a million too this year. Let's go back to zero and really justify every investment. Really look at, do we have the right mixture of talent in territory? Do we have the right supporting resources to help the team deliver on the commitments we need them to make and deliver? So, so zero-based and zero basing everything would go a long way. So this idea of power of deduction, how do we reduce? How do we uh, not just continue to add, but but really zero base it would go a long way. So so um, I hope, Mark, that, that that's helpful to you and answers uh, answer that question. 